Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson, and today we're going to take a look at the New Orleans Saints offense and how the Detroit Lions can stop it. Start. the Saints offense is a little difficult to talk about. Most offenses have something they hang their hat on, probably not guitars. The Lions, for example, are a run-first team that moves the ball in the air with their passing game by creating space for their underneath receivers between the running backs and the deep receivers. That's, in a nutshell, what the Detroit Lions do on offense. Atlanta was trying to create space to get their deep receivers open by creating more space between the linebackers and the safeties to throw into. Chicago is trying to shorten Justin Fields' career by calling 16 runs a game and having a trash offensive coordinator that makes it so he has to run five or more times a game in addition to that because two receivers run into each other on every third play. The Vikings are trying to turn the ball over as much as possible so that the season that basically ended with the snap of Kirk Cousins' Achilles tendon will be less likely to get one of their offensive skill position players hurt. The Saints offense, much like my own, is a home without a hat rack. Like it's a nice home. Alvin Kamara in the backfield. Michael Thomas occasionally out wide with Rashid Shaheed and Chris Olave. Juwan Johnson at tight end. Taysom Hill doing everything. Like, to begin the year, the entire thing was being short-circuited by the offensive line, playing absolutely terribly, and they've shuffled that a whole bunch. Uh, like Left guard and left tackle have each had three different players start at those positions this year. Uh, they benched their 2021 first-round pick at left tackle in October. Their current left tackle, Andrews Pete Stuckles, st- struggles with athletic pass rushers. This would have been a career day for James Houston, and it is really disappointing that he is not there to take advantage of this and fix almost everything that's wrong with the Lions defense. Hopefully Bruce Irvin or Julian Okwara can be in good enough shape to play this week because 
like this is almost a cheat code for how to beat the Saints is you can just run around Andrus Pete at left tackle. He's not a bad offensive tackle in every other aspect. He's fine against power, not really bad in pass pro generally, like he's had some struggles this year, but finesse and speed rushers are his issue and it is known among teams they've been victimizing him that way all year. As a whole, the Saints offensive line struggles with physical play, though. So while Pete may be able to reduce the effectiveness of most of the Lions pass rushers that actually get snaps, they'll be able to find success elsewhere along the line with those powerful pass rushers. So that's thing one for me. Whatever this game of chicken is between the Lions and Isaiah Bugs needs to end. The Lions need him on the field. If he is a healthy scratch, that is an indicator to me that the team might be too attached to this whole culture thing. One year ago, he was the glue guy who held the interior defensive line together, and then he got paid a little bit of money. But this year, suddenly he can't crack the worst interior defensive line group in the league, and I don't think I'm at all even a little bit wrong about that. The Lions' interior defensive line is terrible. They cannot keep playing games like this and expect to come out of this defensive tailspin that they're in. Now, of course, it's not the biggest defensive tailspin that any team in the NFL is in by any stretch of the imagination, but it's been a while since they had a good game on defense. It's been a while since Isaiah Bugs played. Now, him playing is not a guarantee that it's going to be a good night, but I think him not playing is a guarantee that it is not going to be a good night. Like, the other guys not named Olympic McNeil suck, and we've seen it for 12 weeks. We do not need to gather more information about how good these guys are right this second. They are not good enough to help the Lions win games. Period. End of sentence. Like, if Bugs is secretly injured, but practicing fully so that he doesn't end up on the reports, I withdraw my comment. But the Lions' defense with Isaiah Bugs is just different than when Bohana or Levi or Benito Jones or Broderick Martin are in. So that's key one. Put Isaiah Bugs on the field. Get push in the middle. Stop the run. Put blockers in Derek, his own blockers in Derek Carr's face. One thing lets you do that. The Lions have been deciding not to do it all year. They've been dressing three interior defensive linemen most weeks. And Bugs hasn't been one of them. Uh, he's not a star player. But when there's a hole in your defense that every single team in the NFL can exploit, and in this case, one defensive tackle moving backward on every run play, and only one of the defensive tackles moving forward on pass plays, is a hole in the Lions defense that teams are exploiting. Like, it's a thing that any half-decent scouting report on this matchup should be talking about is how the Lions can't get interior pressure if you just double a Lynn McNeil. It's over. Like, does having a second and third round pick that you've taken in the last three years sitting on the bench look bad? Yeah, it does. But you know what looks worse? A stationary pocket QB with infinite time to throw the ball. Because realistically... That is the only way the Saints offense is going to have success this week. Their receivers are all hurt. Like, there's a chance we're going to see them start A.T. Perry 
Lynn Bowden, and Keith Kirkwood at wide receiver this week. And you're asking yourself, who are any of those people? And I know a couple of them from my draft coverage in the years they came out, but other than that, nothing. Nothing since the day that draft happened. But even those receivers are going to get open if you can't get to the quarterback for 5 to 10 seconds. So let your best run stuffer and pass rusher at the nose play. Doesn't seem complex to me, but the Lions have been messing this one up all year. Those receiver injuries bring me to the next key. They're not going to get open through the standard course of play. So Carr is going to check down. And the Saints have one of the best players in the league to check down too. A very common pro comp for Jameer Gibbs right before the draft was the Saints' Alvin Kamara. But rather than the rookie version we have that is great and all, but, you know, not at his, not in his prime. The Saints have that with the years of experience and savvy, but before the age-induced meltdown. A couple of weeks ago, the Chargers' Austin Eckler got 12 yards per catch out of the backfield, but the Chargers only went to him four times because they had other options that were also doing very well. I could see this being the game that the Saints get the ball into Kamara's hands through the air double-digit times. And the Alex Anzalone wrist injury could be a huge problem for the Lions on Sunday because of that, because both of the Lions' primary remaining off-ball linebackers have struggled in coverage this season. They don't usually use Anzalone to cover the running back, but I suspect this week they probably would have because he's the only one they have that can do it. Jack Campbell has a coverage grade of 40.6 on the year. Though he did recover from an abysmal night in Chicago where his grade was somewhere in the 20s, if I recall correctly. It was over 70 last week against Green Bay. He was one of the only defensive players that had a really good day. Derek Barnes has a little better grade on the season, but it's a 56.8, which is not starter quality. He has some good games and some bad games, but it would be difficult to say that he should be the point man in stopping Kamara in coverage. So here's my wrinkle I'd like to see. With no receivers and the Lions missing their middle linebacker, I would be shocked if we did not see a significant number of 12 or 13 personnel looks. That's one running back, two or three tight ends from the Saints. And they'll just run the ball all day if they can. But the Lions generally don't let that happen. Two games this year, Ifiatu Melifonwu has 45 or more snaps. Those games were Atlanta and the first Green Bay game. Rather than putting a really bad coverage linebacker on the field, because as not great as those two players I just talked about were, everybody else on the team is worse. I'd like to see them put Melifon Wu in the box. If not him, Brian Branch, Tracy Walker can also do this, but it takes them away from doing other things that are less replaceable on the roster of, you know? So that's the key. The Lions need to be able to stop the run out of a big nickel look rather than bringing in Rodrigo or Germ. Because we all love Germ, and he's an athletic guy, but when it comes to actually playing defense in coverage, he's just not good at it. Melifon hasn't played more than five defensive snaps since the Green Bay game, so it's something that there is no way 
the opponent would be expecting, it would immediately be just like, whoa, what's happening here? And with a guy like Carr, that's what you want to do, is you want him to be as confused as possible. So, Anzalone's injury should force the Lions to look outside the box. The box so far sucks, at least in the last month. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Because they just don't have any kind of replacement for him on the roster. Like, losing him is a massive problem. But having Melifonwu or preferably Tracy Walker, spending more time in the box and allowing the Lions to stay in a nickel defense is what I think should be the solution to that problem. And the third one's kind of more of a long-term-y issue than a specifically Saints thing, but for the love of God, the Lions need someone, anyone, to step up on the edge. Like, these are all guys in contract years. Like Charles Harris hasn't looked like a guy who should get brought into camp anywhere in the NFL next year. Romeo Okwara hasn't looked like a guy who should get brought into camp anywhere in the NFL next year. Someone's going to bet on Julian Okwara's athleticism that he never actually uses for anything except for one game a year where he comes in and has two or three sacks. Like right now, he's a minimum deal somewhere in the league that may or may not make it through camp. And like, I don't think the Lions would even consider cutting John Kaminsky, but he hasn't brought anything to the passing game this year. Like, no pass rush to speak of. One of those guys has to win some matchups for the Lions to be successful. And I'm not saying they will. In fact, I very much doubt that any of those players I just mentioned have anything more in the tank than what we've seen from them. I don't think it's coaching. I think they're just not good. It's a key to the game. Someone other than Aiden Hutchinson on the edge getting pressure. But I don't love our chances of seeing that one. And I usually stop at three. But here's a bonus fourth key. If the Saints bring that receiver group to the table with absolutely nothing to offer in terms of solutions for their quarterback, the secondary has to shut that down. If they can't stop this offense with those guys from moving the ball in the air, that is a really bad look for anyone coaching the Lions secondary in the last few seasons. I would immediately start asking if maybe they fired the wrong guy. Like Cam Sutton was performing better in weeks one through four than he is now. And maybe he's dinged up and that's why. If so, all right, we'll let that one go. Jerry Jacobs played better last year than he is this year. Brian Branch came ready to play out of the box. Like, they didn't create him. They did not coach him up. This is who he has been for probably two and a half years. They didn't develop Okuda. They didn't develop Oruarie. If they can't get this secondary to stuff a receiver group that might not measure up in terms of ability to play football with this year's starting senior bowl squads, like, this is a problem that needs to be dealt with at the end of the year. The Packers receiver group, that's a gifted group. They're just young. Those are very good players in term just every single game they are going to get better. So I can kind of let that go. 
in terms of the success that they had. The Bears and Chargers had their legit wide receiver one, like one of the top 15 guys in the league at that spot, have a wide receiver one day. Okay, cool. That, it happens. The last time the Lions shut a passing game down was the Raiders, and their coach was so misguided in his fundamental idea of what his team was that he got fired immediately after that game. The week before that was the Ravens game, where Lamar basically could go wherever he wanted with the ball in the air. And the week before that was Tampa Bay, where we can talk about six points, but we all saw with our eyes all of those open receivers that Baker Mayfield just couldn't hit. I guess my point is this. The Lions secondary needs to be less terrible for the Lions to win a lot of games. Uh, particularly once they get to the playoffs, there are no teams with, sec- with wide receiver groups this bad. It just doesn't happen. Like, they got one interception in the entire month of November. They need to flip the table on the Lions' recent turnover luck this week. Like, go get the ball. Like, but so far they're at, like, go cover your guy. Hopefully they can get to that level and then take it to go get the ball. This is the offense that should let them do that. And I haven't even touched on the disagreement between Alvin Kamara and Dan Quinn on whether the Saints have any real offensive identity, uh, because, like I said, I kind of did. Kamara's right, they don't. It's hard to say what to expect from them, but you can probably expect it to not be great. The Lions defense has been struggling. This should be a get-right game for them. If it's not... Maybe don't get your torches and pitchforks just yet, but maybe just make sure you've got at least one of those for when the riot comes at the end of the year. Tomorrow I'll tell you how the Lions offense should attack the Saints defense to make this none of what I said matter. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Lions. <laughs> <laughs>